Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Howdy, y'all. I'm Billy Bob Montana. A current substitute narrator for Old Montana Cowboy Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Due to some flu issues, old Merle will be absent for some time. So I do hope you'll enjoy my narrating style and stories. Let's go, cowboys. Midst a covert operation shrouded in secrecy, my team of Navy SEALs was deployed to an isolated island off the coast of Brazil. Our mission? To locate an American anthropologist who had mysteriously vanished under circumstances that held significant military value for the government. Little did we know that this operation would lead us into the heart of the unknown, where the boundaries of reality and myth blurred into an unsettling tapestry. As we ventured deeper into the dense jungles of the island, our senses heightened, anticipation coursing through our veins. The air was heavy with humidity and the sounds of exotic wildlife. It was in this environment that we encountered something that defied all rationality, a creature unlike anything we had ever witnessed. Before us stood a towering figure, its skeletal frame stretched upright on two hind legs. 
Its elongated arms extended downwards, brushing against the forest floor reminiscent of a gorilla leaning back, masking its true height. Its crooked spine arched, contorting its posture as its gaze locked with mine. The creature's countenance was a grotesque fusion. A bull-like face deformed and stripped of its horns, its neck adorned with a man-like growth of hair. Its skin, illuminated by the moonlight, possessed an otherworldly radiance while its eyes shone with an eerie gleam. In an instant, the creature lunged at our team. Its intentions clear, hostility. We swiftly responded, unleashing a barrage of gunfire, the cracks of our weapons reverberating through the jungle. The creature fought back with ferocity, but we held our ground, each member of our team standing firm and resolute in the face of the unknown. Finally, our relentless assault brought the creature down. His lifeless form lay before us, a testament to the impossible encounter we had just endured. Eager to understand the nature of this cryptid, we moved forward, preparing to examine the enigma before us. However, just as we were about to delve into our investigation, a call pierced through our communication devices. It was a voice from a nearby CIA base, commanding us to halt our examination and retreat immediately. The urgency in their tone left no room for questions or objections. Our mission had been abruptly terminated. Disappointed and bewildered, we shared knowing glances. It was clear that there were forces at play far beyond our comprehension. We understood that our encounter with this extraordinary creature was to remain a classified secret, a tale forever hidden within the depths of government archives. With heavy hearts and a newfound burden of secrecy, we retraced our steps through the treacherous jungle, leaving the lifeless cryptid behind. The truth of what we had encountered would forever haunt our memories, a constant reminder that there are mysteries in this world that must remain veiled from public knowledge. From that moment forward, we vowed to keep our silence to bury the truth of that fateful encounter deep within our hearts. Our mission may have been halted, but the impact of that encounter would linger within us, a reminder that in the depths of the unknown, there are truths that defy explanation and powers that must remain hidden. About 20 years ago, 2002, I was walking an old trail. There's an open field between my grandparents' home and my dad's place on the res. Broad daylight. Sun was shining. Beautiful day. A typical walk I took every single day. Wasn't a lot of distance between the two homes. Maybe a few hundred feet. I was about halfway through the field when I saw something I had never seen before. Scared the crap out of me, so I stopped in my tracks and ducked down to ground level. What I saw was an enormous bird. It was standing on the ground. He must have known I was there because it flew up and away. The wingspan was insane. About 10, 15 feet wide. Legit looked like one of those ancient dinosaur birds you see in pictures. I lay on the ground watching it as it flew off towards the forest. I could still hear the swooshing sound of the wings as it took flight. That was it. Never seen it again. We have different varieties of birds here in Ontario, Canada. Eagles, blue herons, hawks. But no known species of bird is as huge as the one I saw that day. I ran right to my grandparents and told them what I saw. I had a feeling my grandpa knew what I had seen, but he never said anything. Oh, and I was around 20, 23 years old at the time. So not a kid who may have been exaggerating. Wondering if anyone has ever seen something similar on their riz. 
Me and a friend just returned from Pictured Rocks National Lakeshore in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. People there already gave us a strange sense that there were eyes bearing down on us at all times. But this part cemented the weirdness to me. We were hiking to reach Miners Fall. The day was mostly cloudy, and the trail had incredibly low foot traffic considering it was off-season. We walked fast, so we managed to catch up with a family of forefather along the trail. We walk up on the left to pass them, but the minute they were aware of us, they all froze in place as though they were in a trance. We passed them, and in my peripheral I saw their eyes staring straight forward with dull apathy, their motionless bodies standing single file with each set of hands resting on their shoulders in front of it, and not a single sound to be made nor a facial expression to be found, which is weird when you could make out distinct conversation and emotion beforehand. Anyway, we continue trape along the trail, paranoid, but eventually we make it to the waterfall. We turn around and see the same group of people heading towards us, but this time they greeted us formally as if none of that had even happened. Big nope. So, we finished the hike, but not without feeling like we were getting abducted by a cult. Also, me and my friend are very heavy-footed, so I'm confident we didn't accidentally sneak up on them. My boyfriend and I went on a night hike a few months ago on a nature trail about 20 minutes from where we live. We'd both been several times during the day, and he'd been at night a handful of times prior, so it's an area we're familiar with. It's a fairly easy trail. From the parking lot is a 50-feet walk to a small picnic bathroom area where the trail splits into two paths. Path one loops around a little before going back to the parking lot. Path two loops around across a large pond and is about 2.5 miles total before coming back to the picnic area. We took the second path. We unintentionally ended up off the trail. There was a section of the path that had become slightly flooded muddy that we opted to walk on the edge of the path around it instead of going through. During this while now, negotiating around over a couple of rocks, we ended up off the trail. As soon as we lost the trail, the feeling of being watched hit us both. Fortunately, we had enough knowledge of the area to know that if we kept in a relatively straight line, we would hit one of three things, roadhouses or pond. We could figure out where we were much easier from there, and as it's a small area, it wouldn't take more than a few hours. Yes, the safest option would have probably been to stay put, but the increasing feeling of being not just watched but followed over a road that. It didn't help that we kept hearing rustling, and he would occasionally see something glowing when he shone his phone's flashlight over the tree bushes, so we walked straight until we eventually reached the parking lot. Somehow, someway, we ended up getting so turned around that we ended up right back where we started. We backtracked to the picnic area to sign out, flipped to the correct page, grabbed the pencil, turned my phone screen on to check the time, and stopped dead when we realized it was the next day. No, not as it had passed midnight. It was about 30 minutes after we'd left, plus 24 hours. I had 18 missed calls asking where I was, 12 of which were from concerned coworkers wanting to know if I was okay. Needless to say, we haven't gone on night hikes since. For those of you wondering, we only went on that one because I'd expressed disappointment about not being able to see a celestial event, partial lunar eclipse, plus Saturn and Mars visible. <laughs> From my house. The plan was to hike out to the middle of the pond where it was clear so I could see the sky without obstructions. I take a weekly sunset hike through Griffith Park in L.A. 
Always take the same fire road out after the sun goes down. No flashlight because I know the road well, and there's some ambient light from the city. One night, as I'm walking down a straight portion of the road, I see the silhouette of a person walking toward me up the road, maybe 500 feet ahead. I don't think anything of it and gaze out over the city for a moment or two. When I look back, that person is gone. <laughs> I get a bit odd feeling, but figure there are probably a number of logical reasons why I don't see the person anymore. I keep walking and come up to a familiar landmark on this stretch of the road, a garbage can. Next to the garbage can, however, is a rather large lump ball-like thing that I don't remember ever, ever seeing before. I start to feel a little more odd or suspicious. I'm staring directly at this lump as I walk past and I can feel the weight that exists. When something is aware of your presence, I rationalize that it's just a big rock I hadn't noticed in the past and keep moving. I continue another two, three hundred feet down the road and look back over my shoulder. I see the silhouette of the same person, now walking up the road away from me. The next time I'm on the road, I take a minute to examine the area around the garbage can and can't find anything that resembles the lump I saw that night. The only explanation I can think of is that the person saw me coming down the trail, hunched over by the garbage can as I passed and got up to continue once I was a good distance away. I don't know if the person was afraid of me or if I should have been afraid of it. In the deepest recesses of the earth, where the sun's rays dare not venture, lies the Mariana Trench, a place of profound darkness and unfathomable pressure. It is a world alien to us surface dwellers. Here, the laws of life as we know them are rewritten by the inhabitants that call this place home. Its peculiar fish glide through the abyss, their bodies twisted and shaped by the merciless demands of their environment. Some brandished jaws that seem too large for their bodies, lined with needle-sharp teeth designed to snatch any morsel that strays into their path. Others emit an eerie glow, a result of bioluminescence, their only source of light in the eternal darkness. Yet, as fascinating as these creatures are, there lurks the possibility of something far more chilling. Whispers among oceanographers and marine biologists suggest the presence of cryptids, Creatures that have yet to be classified by science residing in these depths. The urgency of these speculations took on a chilling reality when a nuclear submarine disappeared in the vicinity of the trench. I was part of the five-man Navy SEAL team dispatched on a recovery mission to retrieve it. As we descended, the pressure increasing with every meter, we found the submarine. But what awaited us inside was a scene from a nightmare. Thirty sailors, each life extinguished in a manner that suggested a grotesque unknown predator. The men had been impaled, their bodies riddled with toxins. Our mission had suddenly become far more dangerous. We were not only tasked with retrieving the submarine, but also escaping the cryptids that had claimed it as their territory. The beasts were monstrous, their forms adapting to the harsh conditions of the trench, turning them into terrifying predators. In the battle that ensued, we lost one of our own. His sacrifice spurred us on, pushing us to think strategically to use our understanding of the creatures against them. We observed their bioluminescent signals, mimicking them to cause confusion and disarray. This allowed us to make our escape, leaving behind the cryptid-infested depths. We returned to the surface grief, for our fallen brother a heavy weight in our hearts. As the sun set, we took a moment to reflect on the day's events. 
We had battled unknown predators and survived, our lives forever marked by the encounter. As I looked up at the stars, I whispered a prayer of gratitude for our survival and a plea for the safety of the coming days. After all, who knew what other mysteries the ocean depths held waiting to be discovered? Hi. Let me start off by saying this. I believe that someone or something flies around Waukegan, Illinois. It was August 2020. My father had just passed away and the lakefront has will always be a big part of our lives from a kid until my 30s. I've lived by the lake and it has always had a strange feeling to it. My mother, two nieces, and two nephews were with us and we decided to go to another side of where you normally go to the lake just as something different. You know, exploring, just trying to clear our minds after pandemic and the loss of our loved one. We had heard the stories about the winged humanoids. I made sure the kids know that there are things we can't explain in the area. In the middle of a hot Saturday afternoon and walk again, we all looked up to see what actually looked like Iron Man in the sky. We didn't see wings. Just a dark black shape of a man. It was not normal. We all joked it was the Mothman, but it didn't click until I just read the story of Bowen Park and Waukegan, which happened a couple of months after our experience in 2020 not too far away from the lake and power plant. I do believe in ghosts and tons of other things. I know things around here are weird. I don't know if this helps, but I finally had to tell someone. When my grandmother was younger, she was walking home from school. When she got to the farm that she lived on, she saw the figure of her mother out on the field waving to her and yelling her name, beckoning her to come to her. My grandmother ran into the house to leave her backpack before going out to the field. When she got to the kitchen, her mother was there cooking. There was no way that her mother managed to get in the house before her. Could it have been a skinwalker or a wendigo? This happened in North and Sweden, so it shouldn't be possible that it was a skinwalker, right? It was her mother's voice as well, so it couldn't have been somebody else. This happened in the summer of 2020 in Lawrence County, along Blaine Creek in eastern Kentucky. My mom's home where I grew up is situated in the middle of the Appalachian Mountain. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There are no houses or neighbors within half a mile of her house. The area is simply beautiful mountains. One night her old dog was barking, whimpering, and growling. He just wouldn't stop acting up. 
My mom was confused since there were no outside noises that she herself could hear. The dog was pacing back and forth to the door and windows. After 30 minutes or so, she decided to grab her flashlight and go outside to make sure everything was okay. No animals had been messing with her trash can, so she figured her dog was picking up the smell of a raccoon or other nocturnal critter. She scanned her yard in the creek and didn't see anything out of place. So she turned to go back in the house and that's when she saw it. I will give the best description that I can from what she told me. I've never seen it myself and hope I never do. She said it was standing on its hind legs. These hind legs looked like an animal's, but the front looked more human. It had patches of long, light-colored fur all over the body and legs. The top looked like a humanoid man, while the lower part looked like an animal. The face was very odd. She called it an alien apeman. She said that it stood about seven feet in height and was muscular. She stood paralyzed with fear shining her light on it and looked at her. Then started walking on all fours out of a yard towards the back and toward the mountain. It did stop and look back at her a few times, but finally disappeared into the darkness. There was another encounter. One night, a few weeks later, her dog began acting up again. She decides to stay inside. She turned her lights off and looked out of her dining room window. There was a pole light in the yard. She was able to see it again, although it was further away from her and not as detailed. She said it had the same shape and was the same thing she saw just weeks earlier. She backed away from the window for a few minutes and looked out again. It was gone. After that, she would walk out onto the back porch and fire her shotgun at dusk, hoping the creature would heed her warning. It's been over two years now, and she still fires the shotgun every early evening. The creature hasn't returned. When I was 17, I was at my friend's apartment building, which his parents owned. Oh, it's a pretty old building in the Pilsen neighborhood of Chicago, and according to his dad, it used to be owned by Al Capone, but I'm not sure how true that was. We had an apartment on the top floor that they let us use to just hang out, and it allowed us easy access to the attic. It had a lock, but we had a key, so we could go out to the roof and smoke cigarettes. One night, we were about to go up, but I had to pee, so I told him I'd meet him up there. After I was done, I went up the stairs to the attic portion that was connected to the roof. There were no lights, so we always used our phones to guide us. We had those old flip phones without lights, so you only had the light from the screen to help navigate the cluttered mess that was up there. As I made my way to the roof door, I saw a shadow pass by me. Now, this wasn't like the shadow of something moving with the light of my phone. This shadow felt solid like a person. I followed the direction it went thinking it was my friend. I kept saying that I knew it was him and to stop playing around. It passed me a few more times before heading to the other side of the attic, and that's when I heard my friend's voice from downstairs. He got a call from his girlfriend and was in another room talking to her the whole time. It really freaked me out since I know I was following something, so I basically jumped down the stairs. I told my friend what happened and that I did not want to go back up there, and he agreed, so we decided to go for a walk instead. I was on holiday staying at an old cottage. Went out to the beach with my mom, dad, and sister and left my grandma in the house. She fell asleep sitting in a chair in the lounge. At one point, whilst we were still out, my half asleep, Nan saw a woman wearing a lilac dress walking through the room. She assumed it was my mom back from the beach. She woke up a short time after and couldn't find us in the house. When we got back from the beach a couple of hours later, she said, Oh, did you go out again? You were back ages ago.
We told her that we had only just got back and she told us she had seen my mom wearing a long lilac dress in the lounge. This obviously wasn't possible. During this holiday, I was sharing a room with my sister. As we were young and in the middle of the night, we heard the front door slam loudly. Our parents came running into our room, but we were both still in our beds. I scrambled and looked out the window, which was directly above the front door, but no one was outside and my dad went straight down and could find no one in the house. Another day, my mom went to the bookcase in her room and took a random book out placed within the pages. There was an old handwritten note. It was personal written by a lady and she got a feeling that she shouldn't be reading them. She put them back into the book and put the book back on the shelf. The next morning when she woke up, the note was on her bedside table. She asked my dad if he had moved it out of the book, but he had no idea what she was talking about. We would also find that the furniture had moved downstairs overnight sometimes. My mom also kept finding curtain hooks in her bed and on the side table, the plastic things that hold curtains to the pole. Again, she asked my dad he had put them there and he hadn't. When we came to leave, the owner of the cottage came to collect the keys and my mom asked her if there was a cleaner who might have visited and the owner said no. Why? My mom explained that my nan had seen a lady in the house wearing a lilac dress. The lady said, oh, she's at it again. The house was owned by her grandmother who had recently died. Her favorite outfit was, you guessed it, a long lilac dress. Apparently they'd already had the house blessed because she had made a couple other appearances. When she died, they didn't clear stuff out of the house and just put it up as a holiday rental, which is why the note hadn't previously been found. Once we left and went home for the next few years, my mom would find curtain hooks in her bed at home. I moved out of our family home to go to college or uni, and at my student house, I once found a curtain hook in my bed there. There were no curtains in the house, only blinds. My mom stopped finding them in her bed after a few years, but believes it was the woman in lilacs. My whole family witnessed all of this, so it adds credibility to what happened, combined with the owner's testimony about her grand. A little backstory. My husband and I run a trap line we catch raccoons for skins, and we make dog food from the rest. We had been setting about 20 traps on my brother-in-law's property a little over 10 wooded acres with a creek since the coons had been destroying his trash cans. Then the herd a little. Every morning right around 5 a.m., we would load up the trap tools and head out to check the line. For a little over a week, we would hear sticks or leaves crunching just out of sight of. The property is insanely overgrown in places and you are lucky to see five feet. We would brush it off and keep checking the line. After all, we both had guns and there is wildlife out there that is perfectly capable of crunching on a stick. And at one point right before dusk while we were resetting traps, I told my husband quietly that I smelled cigarette smoke. It was getting dark so we headed out pretty quickly since we rarely carry guns at night. By this point, we were both annoyed and a little concerned because whoever was out there had been close enough we could smell them but not see them. Being watched is always a little unsettling. Several days went by without issue, until one morning I woke up feeling crummy, dead of winter, and I caught the flu. Well, when you farm and have a trap line, you don't get sick days. I bundled up and we headed down, but when it came time to cross the creek, always fun, and at 5 a.m. you had to balance on a dead tree while you carried a crap ton of equipment. I stayed behind. I walked along the creek where I could and back onto the trail where I couldn't have given my husband a heads up if we had caught anything. We are down to the last trap and see something hauling off towards my husband, so I chamber around into my point. 22. For those of you who haven't been around guns, 
A point .22 is basically rodent shot. It would take a darn good shot to kill anything larger than a medium-sized dog thinking a stray dog is going after him. But I stop short from yelling when I see something else moving. There's a man less than ten feet from my husband, hiding behind a tree while his dog growls and snaps. He hasn't seen me. I kneel down, put the safety back on so I could safely look at the guy through my scope. He was older, maybe mid-forties, in ragged clothes. I kept one eye on him and one on the dog. A large lab mixer was still baring his teeth. My husband headed his pistol out and was very slowly chambering around in case the dog lunged. It wasn't until the bullet clicked into place that the man stepped out very deliberately. He didn't speak, didn't call off his dog. Just stood there staring at my husband. The dog is still growling. Can I help you? You're on private property and you need to get your dog. Before I shoot her, I used to hunt here, sir. Please get your dog. There was a deer stand here. I used to hunt here. Are you on the lease? This is my brother's property and you are trespassing. Please put that leash on the dog. I used to hunt here. You didn't bring your wife today. I see my husband scanning my side of the creek looking for me before answering. No, I didn't. She has the flu. You need to go home to her then. You know I used to hunt here. Then he whistles. The dog walks to him and they walk off into the woods. Not back towards neighboring properties, but onto timber land where there are no roads or houses for maybe 30 miles. Before he completely gets out of sight, he yells back, Tell your wife I will quit smoking. Needless to say, we jabbed sticks into the empty traps and got the hell out of there. When we went to pull the traps out for the season, there were cigarette butts next to every single one. A couple years ago, I got home after hanging out with friends to my mom freaking out and on the phone. Turns out my baby sister, she was five at the time, was missing. I live in an apartment building, and my other sister, she was probably 11-ish, was at her friend's place who lives in our building. The friend also has a sister close to the age of my baby sister, so I told my mom to calm down and to call the friend's house to ask for my sister. Soon after, my sister comes back freaking out because she didn't bring our baby sister along. I'm here freaking out, wondering where the F she could have gone, and my parents are running around a 21-story building looking for her. They found her on the second floor alone, and when they asked her why she left, she simply said I was following my imaginary friend. Dinner was over. The table cleared, the dishes washed and put away. The living room of our small house honed with the quiet energy of family. My wife was in her favorite chair, engrossed in a book, our daughter lost in a world of crayons and paper sprawled on the floor. Our young son sat on the couch, his eyes filled with curiosity. Dad, he said, breaking the comfortable silence, what was the craziest mission you've ever been on? I looked at my son, seeing in his face the reflection of the boy. I once was, uh, full of dreams and hungry for adventure. I glanced at my wife, who gave a resigned nod. I had known the day would come when my past as a Navy SEAL would become a source of fascination for my children. So, I began. We were a squad of SEALs, sent on a rescue mission to an uncharted island in the South Pacific. There was a biological research facility there, and communication had gone silent. As our helicopter descended, we saw the facility, a hulking metallic monster in the midst of a paradise. We found it deserted, the interiors ravaged, torn apart by something fierce. Inside, we discovered a single document that sent a chill down our spines. 
Over a thousand unknown species had escaped into the wilderness, the report said. Our only clue? Large clawed tracks leading deep into the jungle. When the night fell, we realized we weren't alone. Something was hunting us. Creatures bred for war, enhanced with abilities straight out of a nightmare. The moonlit island became a battlefield, the jungle a deadly maze. I recalled the fear, the adrenaline, and the desperation as our squad fell one by one. In the end, it was just me hiding in a dank cave, battered, bloodied, but alive. I clutched the document, vowing to myself that the world would know the truth. Then they came. Men from a government secret service. They scarred the island, capturing the beasts with unsettling efficiency. They found me too, unconscious, injured, on the brink of death. When I woke up in the sterile hospital room, my first thought was of the document, but it was gone. No evidence of the horrifying creatures, no proof of the clandestine operation. My story became a whisper of a memory, a tale too bizarre to be believed. I looked at my son, his eyes wide, his imagination undoubtedly painting vivid pictures of my story. I smiled faintly, ruffling his hair. Remember, son, I said sometimes the craziest stories are the ones that never get told. When I was a kid, my dad was a long-distance delivery driver of the United Kingdom. Occasionally, he'd bring me along on his trips, which would usually be about three or four days. The procedure was we'd leave his at 4 a.m. to be at the depot for 5 a.m., get the truck and be on the road for 5.30. One morning, we'd left the depot in the lorry. Beautiful early summer's morning, we're driving along Country Lane to get to the main road. Either side of us were hedgerows, about four feet five high. They were level with the windows of the cabin. As we're going, a headed big black cat, like a big cat, leaps over the hedge on the left, darts across the road, and vaults the hedge on the right. I've always thought there was a lot of truth to alien big cat sightings in the United Kingdom anyway, but actually seeing one was pretty cool. Sometimes wonder if it was just my younger brain exaggerating things, but I've asked my dad about it again a couple times in the 15 years since. And he just says as well that it was definitely a big cat of some description. Two events. First one happened when I was young and had just awoke from sleep, so very likely can be explained away as a dream or not being fully awake. But the TV was on in the living room, making static as it did in the 90s if you didn't have cable and it was late at night. I get up, see shadow thing in kitchen. Pay it no mind thinking parent or his girlfriend was in there. I turned the TV off and immediately become very scared. Realized thing was much too skinny to be either of those people. Turn TV back on and look in kitchen empty. I stand there for a while and probably go back to sleep. That's the end of the memory. Second was Black Canyon City. This is I was driving back from the Grand Canyon one weekend. Enter Black Canyon City, leave Black Canyon City, and continue the way I was going, only to run back into Black Canyon City much further down the road. Like the city got up and moved to the road, put some spell on me. I wrote a very in-depth post about it here a while back, I think. 